Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word on this Thursday, April 7th, 2022. Today we continue our catechesis through John's Passion Account, which is the longest of the bunch, uh, which will prepare you well for next week, especially Thursday and Friday. Uh, as well, you just heard Sing My Tongue, The Glorious Battle, Ponga Lingua, and uh, we will be singing that on Good Friday afternoon, so you'll have it in your ear, ready to go. Not that arrangement, of course, but, uh, you know, something like it. And uh, good to see you checking in in the various chats. I see uh, Mom and Dad, I see Don and Garen, Defresh on YouTube, good to see you there. Gus and Eileen, Lori, Karen on YouTube as well, uh, Tim on Facebook. Good to have you with us live. Of course, those of you who watch later in the day or listen to the podcast, welcome to you as well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Say our memory verse together. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Romans 8, verse 18. Again, I consider that the sufferings of the present time, this present time, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Romans 8, verse 18. I think Pastor Riley and I are going to discuss on the Banned Books podcast on Friday in the live stream and then broadcast probably after Easter um, as a podcast of this very text. So uh, you'll get a little bit more catechesis on that if you like later in the week. Our psalm for this week is Psalm 43. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our first reading today is from Exodus chapter 40. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, On the first day of the first month you shall set up the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. You shall put in it the ark of the testimony, and partition off the ark with the veil. You shall bring in the table and arrange the things that are to be set in order on it, and you shall bring in the lampstand and light its lamps. You shall also set the altar of gold for the incense before the ark of the testimony, and put up the screen for the door of the tabernacle. Then you shall set the altar of the burnt offering before the door of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting, and you shall set the laver between the tabernacle of meeting and the altar and put water in it. 
You shall set up the court all around and hang up the screen at the court gate. And you shall take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all that is in it, and you shall hallow it and all its utensils, and it shall be holy. You shall anoint the altar of the burnt offering and all its utensils and consecrate the altar. The altar shall be most holy. And you shall anoint the laver and its base and consecrate it. Then you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the door of the tabernacle of meeting and wash them with water. You shall put the holy garments on Aaron and anoint him and consecrate him that he may minister to me as priest. And you shall bring his sons and clothe them with tunics. You shall anoint them as you anointed their father that they may minister to me as priests. For their anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations. Thus Moses did according to all that the Lord commanded him, so he did. And it came to pass in the first month of the second year, on the first day of the month, that the tabernacle was raised up. So Moses raised up the tabernacle, fastened its sockets, set up its boards, put in its bars, and raised up its pillars. And he spread out the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent on top of it, as the Lord had commanded Moses. He took the the testimony and put it into the ark, inserted the poles through the rings of the ark, and put the mercy seat on top of the ark. And he brought the ark into the tabernacle, hung up the veil of the covering, and partitioned off the ark of the testimony as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the table in the tabernacle of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside the veil, and he set the bread in order upon it before the Lord as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the lampstand in the tabernacle of meeting across from the table on the south side of the tabernacle, and he lit the lamps before the Lord as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the gold altar in the tabernacle of meeting in front of the veil, and he burned sweet incense on it as the Lord had commanded Moses. He hung up the screen at the door of the tabernacle, and he put the altar of burnt offering before the door of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting, and offered it upon it the burnt offering and the grain offering, as the Lord commanded Moses. He set the laver between the tabernacle of meeting and the altar, and he put water there for washing. And Moses, Aaron, and his sons would wash their hands and their feet with water from it. Whenever they went into the tabernacle of meeting, and when they came near the altar, they washed as the Lord had commanded Moses. And he raised up the court all around the tabernacle and the altar, and hung up the green or the screen <laughs> of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. All right. Uh, this reading in particular, of course, the tabernacle is uh, a figure or a picture of Christ Himself, who is the tabernacle not made with hands. Um, but we also have the the ritual washing of those who serve, all right, and and the anointing of oil as well for those who serve the Christing or the Messiahing, if you like, the Christos or Messiah, right, the anointed ones, right, and that would be Aaron and his sons, all the priesthood. Um, but again, that that washing with the lava and its basin, right at the entrance. Uh, this is why I do like having the uh, font. Uh, where we move it for Lent, um, and anytime we need to, uh, off instead of off on the side, being at the entrance um, up to the altar, is because uh, your entrance to the Lord, to the dwelling place of God, is by way of your baptism. Another fitting place would be if we ever did a um, some renovation, uh, maybe taking out some of the carpet and putting in maybe a nice stone floor or something, um, would be to put the font um, at the center of the church on your way up, or even at the at the entrance, um, behind, underneath the balcony, um, and have that font ready and accessible at all times. Yes, lots of mention of water and curtains, and of course the curtain being torn in two, um, 
all has been revealed, exposed in Christ uh, for our benefit. All right. So then our reading for uh, catechesis today is from John 13. This is uh, in part the reading for Maundy Thursday. So for next Thursday. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him, therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I do not speak concerning all of you, I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. All right, so there's the reading. Uh, Chris asked a question, and uh, we can just step back for a moment, which is that there, uh, she asked, there were two curtains, all right? Yes, uh, the tabernacle is a little bit interesting um, because it doesn't have a roof. Remember the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud? Um, how would you have a pillar of fire and cloud that could be seen um, if there was a roof over the tabernacle? Ah, yes, yes. So um, there's the inner curtain. I'm trying to find a good picture of this. Uh, images. Yeah, there's a pretty good one. Um, this is a reproduction of it, but that, that will work just fine. Let me put it up on the screen for you. Uh, that's not it. Desktop. There we go. All right, so you can see it here. Let's see if I can make it bigger. Oh, yes, there we go. So this is a re reproduction, but you get the basic idea. All right, I don't know where this is. Looks like Israel, maybe. Although there's an RV outside. All right, so you see the, the uh, curtain to the most holy place, and that has the roof over it. That's where the Ark of the Covenant would be laid, right? You have the lava, the basin. You see that towards the middle. Then you have um, the brazier, you know, where you would offer the burnt sacrifices. And uh, yeah, so there's there's multiple. And then, of course, there's the um, inside the tabernacle is another curtain, and that's where the ark is, right? So there's the outer curtain and the inner curtain. And in a sense, um, the perimeter is also kind of a, a curtain of a sort, right? <laughs> I see the plastic chairs in the reproduction. This is kind of a silly reproduction, but I get the idea. 
So you can't see the inner curtain. Uh, let's see, maybe there's a, a breakdown with the inner curtain so you can see inside. Uh, yeah, none of them are showing the inside. Oh, here we go. This one does. There you go. Oh, it's kind of blurry. That's not going to be a good example. Yeah, it might be the only one I can see quickly. All right. Well, let's use it then. All right. So, uh, yeah, it's blurry. So you see the outer curtain, the lava, the place where you'd burn the, the burnt offering. Um, and then you see the inside of the tabernacle of meeting. So the outer court, inner court, the inner of the, the holy place. There's where the, um, the lampstand, the showbread, the altar of incense there. And then you have another curtain, and that masks the most holy place, which is where um, the altar of, well, the ark with the mercy seat is. So two curtains, inside and outside, right? Um, and so only the priest can go into the inner behind the first curtain, and then only the high priest once a year um, into the most holy place. All right, hopefully that helps. All right, so uh, what feast is being celebrated here? That would be the Passover, right? And what hour had come? This is the hour um, of his death, right? It's his time, he says or at least John records here, the hour that had come for him to depart the world and go to the Father. And again, that's in his death, right? In his dying, um, what does, does Jesus, or how does Jesus love his own until the end? <laughs> I just gave it away, really. He loved his own who were in the world by dying for them, right? To depart this world and go to the Father. He loved them to the end, even unto death, right? What would Jesus do for his own then? bear the burden of their sin and suffer and die in their place upon the cross. All that's right there in that first sentence. Beautiful set, sentence. Uh, what do we learn about uh, Judas here in John's gospel? This is when it's, I think it's first mentioned here in John, that the devil had put it into the, Judas's heart to betray Jesus, right? The liar and the father of lies, the tempter. Mm -hmm. um, what had the father done, according to John? We have all this um, Trinitarian language, isn't it? Beautiful from John. The Father had given all things into his hands, into Jesus's hands. Then you note at the cross, Jesus says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Hmm. So there's the giving of the Father to the Son and then the Son back to the Father. Um, I think they call that the perichoretic union in, in our dogmatic text. <laughs> I don't even know what it means. It's that reciprocal giving. Um, how did Jesus come from God? And then how does he return to God? All right, John 1, he comes from God in his incarnation. We can think Luke 1. And then he returns to God at his ascension, right? Luke 24, for example. Uh, what did Jesus remove? He rose from the supper. He laid aside his garments. This is his outer garments, outer clothing. All right. Um, what's the importance of Jesus' clothing? We talked about this uh, with the soldiers at the cross when we read from Luke. Right, the the hematia, the clothing. Or no, that's sin. The uh, hamation of Jesus, the clothing of Jesus, is given to us in baptism. We are clothed in Christ. Right, so we have all sorts of baptism language going on here too. Of course, with water. What does Jesus begin to do? Then, yeah, verse five. Right, he begins to wash the disciples' feet um, to prepare them for the preaching of the gospel, mm -hmm, their future ministry. Um, this is like we read in Exodus, just like the Old Testament priest who washed their feet before officiating in the tabernacle as well, right? So that's in the background, is that washing of the feet, right? I think in an arid culture with open shoes, right, your feet would be dirty. Uh -huh. 
if you wore shoes at all. So your feet would be washed. Um, the rest of you would be clean from your garments, right? And they wore long garments. They didn't wear shorts and t-shirts or something. <laughs> so they would be uh, kept clean from by their garments. Um, feet, though, feet. Uh, I think feet are important, right, in the Bible. You think Isaiah 52, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news to the poor, right? Um, but think also of uh, Genesis 3, v- verse 15, right? Uh, your offspring will crush the serpent's head, right? He will strike his heel, but um, you will crush his head. So we have the foot um, being, um, well, the source of death, but also the source of life in a way. So Satan is trampled underfoot, if you like. Why did Peter then refuse to have Jesus wash his feet? Right? This is the work of a servant, right? So this is too demeaning for Jesus, Peter thinks. Peter was too proud to have Jesus wash his feet. Of course, um, Jesus says, um, if I do not wash you, you have no part in me. Right Now, there's another baptism text, isn't it? I think uh, Romans 6. Uh, let's see. I'll try to do it from memory, but I'll just go look it up. Yeah. Or do you not know that as many of us as many of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death, we were, um, oh, I lost it. Where did it go? We were buried there for, right? Oh, I can't even spell Romans, or my A key's not working. All right, there we go. We were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. And so even so, we, will, we may walk in newness of life, right? So what do bathing and washing do? Well, that's right, they cleanse, right? But here, according to Jesus, then, uh, can we wash ourselves with the washing that he's talking about? The answer is no, right? You see that here in verse 10. He who has bathed needs only wash his feet and is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you, right? How does Jesus give us a bath? (laughs) Saw this on Sunday with uh, Carson John, right? Yeah, through baptism, Jesus cleanses us. How does Jesus wash those who have been bathed? Again, baptism, but washed in the blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, right? All of that's in the background here. Beautiful baptism text. Uh, why was the betrayer not clean then? He didn't believe, right? Along with faith, uh, which trusts this word of God in the water. For without God's word, the water is plain water and no baptism. Remember Luther's catechism, right? So here, he didn't believe, so he doesn't receive the benefit of the washing. That is the forgiveness of sins. Of course, what connects all the water stories of the Bible, whether it's Nicodemus or this washing of the feet? Finally, it's in John 19, which we'll hear next week, which is the um, blood and water flowing from the side of Jesus. Um, In verse 14, what is Jesus instructing the disciples to do? You also ought to wash one another's feet. What is he talking about? Yeah, he's talking about preaching um, forgiveness of sins, which is um, yours, in absolution, uh, absolution being the announcement of what is yours in baptism, right? Um, so this is the apostolic ministry. It's being set up here. It's an office of service, all right? A service uh, in proclamation of God's word, but but especially the word of forgiveness, the gospel. Forgiveness of sins in Christ Jesus. Um, absolved, uh, washed clean in baptism, fed with his bread and wine. Verse 16, he says, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than him who sent him, right? So who are, who are the servants and messengers who are sent by Jesus? Disciples and pastors, right? Uh, apostolic ministry. Um, who has sent Jesus? The Father, right? So we have this ordering. 
Um, and then we have the betrayal here. Of course, I do not speak of all concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, elected, right? But that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me, right? This is from Psalm uh, 41. It would have been a good psalm for Good Friday, but I kind of already planned Good Friday evening. We do we read quite a, f- a bit from the Psalter on Good Friday evening. Um, yeah, an evil disease they say clings. To, well, let's go back one more verse, verse seven. All who hate me whisper together against me. Against me they devise my hurt. An evil disease, they say, clings to him. And now that he lies down, he will rise up no more. It's his burial. Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Again, the heel. But you, O Lord, be merciful to me and raise me up. All right, so Psalm 41. Again, the heel is mentioned again. The same foot um, that... Bring the that can bring the good news. The same foot that crushes the serpent head and tramples serpents underfoot can also be raised against Jesus. Jesus, our Judas's heel was lifted up against Jesus, whose heel would then be bruised and when crushing the head of the serpent. Um, what's Jesus talking about here in verse twenty? Most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. So it's a beautiful. Uh, I don't even call it. Um, a chain of command or authority, right? But it, but it goes like this. I mean, remember, this is about baptism. This is about forgiveness of sins, right? So when we hear the preaching of forgiveness of sins for the sake of Christ from those whom the Lord has sent us, we can be certain that we're hearing the voice of Jesus himself. And thereby, having heard the voice of Jesus, we are hearing the voice of the Father because Jesus is the voice of the Father, right? He is the word from the Father, now in flesh appearing, as the hymn goes. Christmas. Um, this is really, I would say, I mean, this text is so rich. John's gospel is beautiful. Um, it's an important gift and really a promise for the church, right? It's a promise here, right? That we can be certain that Christ is present, Jesus is present with his church uh, in the office of the holy ministry, the pastoral office, whenever his word and sacraments are faithfully preached and administered. That is according to his command, right? It's just as if Christ himself, it is Christ himself, who is present preaching, teaching, administering a sacrament. Um, this is why I've I've encouraged uh, encouraged you to be faithful in your study of the scriptures. Um, it's okay to push back on what I say here on the devotion or what I preach from the pulpit or what I say in Bible class, um, because my duty is to be faithful to God's word. And if I've been unfaithful, um, I need to repent myself. But how would I know if I've been unfaithful unless those who know God's word can call me to repentance as well, right? So the office of the ministry doesn't mean you always do what your pastor says or you always listen to what he says. Um, the office of the ministry is that um, the pastor is given to preach and to teach God's word faithfully, right? Uh, and then you, as hearers of God's word, um, have the duty to not only listen, but also to test and reprove and test the spirits, as Paul says, right? But there is this promise, right? Um, I would say the faithful pastor doesn't uh, preach unfaithfully, um, intentionally, Right, but might do so just out of um, confusion or being misled or um, following after a lie, something like that. Right, or you just may be speculating and just be wrong. <laughs> That's possible too. All right. So uh, the hour or the time um, has come. That is, Jesus' time or hour is his death. He came into the world to bear the sins of the world and to lay down his life in death. This is how Jesus loved his own to the end or to the full extent. 
He bore the burden of their sin and suffered and died in their place upon the cross. He is the only one who could have entered into the most holy place to make atonement for sin. This is what Jesus means when he speaks in John chapters 13 through 17 about going to the Father or returning to God. Jesus gives the ministry of love to the church, that is, it is through the office of the holy ministry that he gives his love to the church. Jesus bathes his church through holy baptism in which the sinner is made completely clean. The baptized have an ongoing need to be washed through the application of the loving word of holy absolution. The work of the holy ministry, the work that Christ has done in laying down his life and forgiving sins, continues as the gospel of God's grace is preached. Sinners are called to repentance. Repentant sinners are forgiven, and the forgiveness is withheld from the unrepentant as long as they do not repent. This is the ministry of love. Whoever receives this ministry of love through faith in the forgiveness of sins that is proclaimed receives no one less than Jesus himself. Whoever rejects this ministry, think Judas, rejects Jesus and the Father who sent him. Okay. Let's confess our catechism for the day, or for the week. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. Matthew 22, verse 21. It is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Romans 13, verses 5 through 7. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 3. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. Titus 3, verse 1. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. 1 Peter 2, verses 13 through 14. We pray. Merciful Father, grant us faith to pray for the civil authorities and to trust that you will accomplish your good and gracious will through them. Teach us to live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness and to be ready to do whatever is good in service to others in our community and nation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, by your great goodness, mercifully look upon your people, that we may be governed and preserved evermore in body and soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for the church and her pastors, for missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, and other servants of Christ and his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray this day with Mindy, Jolene, and Samantha, who all celebrate their birthday. Pray for Tim and Amber, Dan and Eliz. Dwayne and Pam, Tom and Sandy, and David. We pray in Thanksgiving with Carson John, who celebrates his baptism. We pray for those ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Marcella, Bev, Kelsey, Amanda, Dan, Brad, Timothy, and Norm, Merlin, Jim, and Mike, our homebound Bev, Willis, Ed, Mickey, and Paul. pray for our mission of the month, Mary's Room. And we pray for those afflicted and suffering. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, let's sing our hymn for the week. Stanzas 1, 2, and 5, Jesus Grant That Balm and Healing. Very good. Glad to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer. Come to you each morning at 9 a.m. We pray as a congregation together through God's Word uh, so that He would build us up in faith and in love 
um, faith in him and love toward one another. You're welcome, Don. Have a wonderful day as well. Um, I actually have to go to the dentist with the boys, so I don't know how wonderful that will be. <laughs> Wish me luck. Uh, it's no fun getting old, is it? Your teeth don't quite act. Well, I don't know if my teeth were ever that great. Anyway, I think they're fine. They don't hurt at the moment, so we'll see what they say. Lord's blessings uh, upon you, and we'll see you tomorrow again, 9 a.m. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.